Hello and welcome to Second Look, the show brought to you from Outset, where we pause and take a second look at ideas and things going on in politics and in culture. I am your host, Benjamin Green, and I am recording this a little bit late because I was waiting until we had the end results of the Iowa caucuses. And on the Democratic side, which is quite interesting, we have both candidates ready to declare victory. So I'm just going to go ahead and declare myself the winner while they're at it. Everyone's a winner with the Democrats. So I won the Democratic caucus. No, but Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are within a percentage point of each other, which I think shows us that the Democrats are having just as much, if not more, of a civil war than the Republicans are in this election. And over on the Republican side, in case for some reason you haven't seen it already, we had Ted Cruz come in first place, and um, Donald Trump come in second, with Rubio a close third, Ben Carson in fourth, and Rand Paul in fifth. I'll be the first to say I was disappointed in Rand Paul's showing um, there in Iowa. I've long been a Rand backer, made no secret of that on this podcast. So, uh, yes, I am biased. (laughs) I'll just admit that outright. And I was really, really bummed. He ended up getting, last I checked, was about 4.5%. I was expecting him to get about... 6%, really hoping he might get 8 or 9. So I was really bummed to see that he just kind of, he might have done a little bit better than the polling averages, but it still wasn't great. Um, And I don't see much improvement for him in New Hampshire. If he can keep enough donor money coming in he might be able to win in later states and sort of in a west wing-esque way (laughs) wrench the nomination out of the hands of people who are beating him but it looks tonight and the media narrative after tonight is definitely going to be that it is a three-man race between ted cruz donald trump and marco rubio First of all, I would just like to say that Donald Trump has always said that if, like, winning is everything, he said that if he got, didn't win in Iowa, he'd never speak to them again. Uh, His campaign manager was going around saying that, you know, we're going to win, and and if we don't win, well, that's just worthless. Well, guess what? They didn't win. So I don't expect Mr. Trump to end his campaign anytime soon, but he should, (laughs) based on his own past statements. But the real story of the night, I think the biggest story of the night, is definitely Marco Rubio. And I don't want to tell you too much that you're just going to see from other people, but I was very impressed with how the Rubio team was able to pull together from just a couple months ago being criticized for not really having an Iowa operation, but they beat out all expectations, and I was impressed with that. But I was also impressed with Ted Cruz and his, um, I 
Yeah, I mean, he did beat expectations, too. A lot of people were predicting a Trump win. Cruz had just sunk in the polls the last couple weeks. There's stories about him not tithing, and then he had a really bad couple of debates. And um, I, I, I was really also impressed with Cruz. And it does go to show both uh, Rubio and Cruz's overperformance and Trump's underperformance do go to show that campaign organization does matter. You have to do your internal polls. You have to target your get out the vote. You have to do all these things that the Trump campaign didn't do. And they ended up performing about five points worse than uh, public polls were expecting them to. So on the one hand, it I'm, I'm very happy about tonight because uh, Trump didn't win. I I was definitely rooting for Trump to not win, and that didn't happen. But at the same time, I was disappointed because my candidate did, I mean, he did all right. Four and a half percent isn't atrocious. It's, it like I said, it might even be slightly above where he's been polling, but I was really bummed. I thought he would have a lot better showing than he did. I was expecting him to be a surprise, him to be the story coming out of Iowa, and it just didn't happen. So it has me thinking, well, what happens if Rand Paul is forced to drop out of the race? Who do I then go and support? Do I support one of the Republican candidates, or do I go third party, or do I just abstain from this election? And short answer is, I don't know. But I just wanted to take the time to share with you on the show some of the logic. And I'm sure if you've done any wrestling of this yourself, you've stepped through all these things. But share my thought process with you for why I might or might not vote for any particular candidate uh, as we're going into this election. So let's start with the first place candidate in the Iowa caucuses, and that is Ted Cruz. I have trouble with Ted Cruz. I don't trust him, which is somewhat ironic given that his campaign is his his slogan right now is Trust Ted, (laughs) which I might add is a great slogan, great logo and everything, but... But I I just don't trust him. He comes off as manipulative. He comes off as um, arrogant to me. And also, I'm concerned by his actions. He seems more willing to grandstand than to uh, get, I don't know. Compromise isn't exactly the right word, because compromise isn't always a good thing. But he... He seems willing to uh, put real solutions away in favor of grandstanding. And also, he, I think, is not... I feel like he's manipulating his position as the front runner among evangelical candidates. And I don't think that's appropriate. A lot of the stuff he's been doing targeting churches and things, I don't think is appropriate. So I have some reservations about Senator Cruz. 
Could I vote for him in the primary? Mm. If it were going to be Ted Cruz or Donald Trump who were expected to win the primary here in Arizona, probably yes, I could. Could I vote for him in the general election? This is the question. (laughs) There is only one candidate I'm certain I'd be willing to support in the general election, and that's Rand Paul. And my logic here is this. Here in Arizona in 2014, we had a gubernatorial election, and there was a candidate I really liked. Her name was Christine Jones. Uh, If... I highly recommend you give her a follow on Twitter. Her handle is at Jones for the number gov. Wait, maybe it's for the word. Let me look that up really quickly. Live. I could cut this out, but I think I'm not going to. Twitter. Search. And of course, my internet decides to be really slow. Jones. Okay, it is the word for. It is at Jones4Gov. And she's currently the interim CEO of Great Hearts Academy. But I was a Jones supporter, and I regret not getting involved soon enough. I regret not going out and knocking on doors for her and making phone calls for her. I I was too hung up on trying to find a candidate who was perfect, who agreed with me on everything. Well, there were only six, I think at one point there were seven candidates who were up on stage, so it's highly unrealistic to expect to find someone I agree with on everything. And so my logic changed coming out of that. And that's why I've been so vocal about my support for Rand Paul. It's why I donated to his campaign, like, the day he announced or the the week of his announcement. It's why I've volunteered for his campaign. And so then if we go back to the Arizona gubernatorial election for a second, when, when Christine Jones wasn't the Republican nominee for governor... We had Doug Ducey, who is now the governor. We had Fred Duval, who's the Democratic candidate. And we had Barry Hess, the Libertarian candidate. And uh, what's his name? Mueller. I don't remember his first name, but his last name is Mueller. And he was the Americans' elect party. And I waffled back and forth trying really hard to decide whether to vote for Doug Ducey, who was in the primary my, like, one of my last choices. <laughs> he he was midway down on my list. Um, or to vote for Barry Hess, who was an all-around good guy, but had, like, zero shot at winning. So I... I really waffled, and I ended up holding my nose and voting for Doug Ducey. And now, I'm not... This is not to say that I think Doug Ducey's been a terrible governor, but he's done a lot of things that I haven't agreed with. 
specifically things that make me wish I could say I hadn't voted for him. (laughs) I don't want to be in that situation when it comes to the presidential election because I hate it now. When, When Governor Ducey does something I disagree with, I feel guilty for not for for voting pragmatically as opposed to voting what my conscience says <laughs> and i feel guilt anytime he does something i think is wrong when it comes down to the presidential election one of the biggest aspects of my decision process when i'm deciding who to vote for is foreign policy and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz both have foreign policy agendas that I simply cannot support. They are not in line with my moral standards and my ethical standards and my political standards. I I do not want to be associated with that foreign policy agenda. That said, Hillary Clinton also has a foreign policy agenda that I don't want to in any way support. Uh, Bernie Sanders has an economic agenda that I do not want to in any way support. So, the question then becomes, what, (laughs) I, I guess, so many people I know vote for the lesser of two evils, and so they might not like either of the main two candidates, but they'll vote for one of them because they're the lesser of two evils. For me, my voting is trying to minimize my guilt. <laughs> if I don't vote for the Republican nominee, who, by the way, I personally think it's probably going to be Marco Rubio, if I don't vote for the Republican nominee, then I'm going to feel guilty because I, uh, sorry, if I don't vote for the Republican nominee and the Republican nominee loses, I will feel guilty because I could have done something. I could have gone out and made phone calls and uh, talked to voters and gotten that because I do, no question, think that a Democratic nominee would be worse for this country than a Republican nominee. Well, I mean, it depends on what Republican we're talking about here. If we're talking about Marco Rubio, I I do think that Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton would be worse for this country than Marco Rubio would be. However, if I vote for the Republican nominee and the Republican nominee does win, then any time the Republican nominee does something... I'm vehemently, vehemently, vehemently. I suddenly can't remember how to pronounce the word, but you know which word I mean, so it's okay. Um, That I am vehemently, vehemently opposed to anytime the Republican president does one of those things, I will feel guilty for having supported them. So do I just vote for them and not volunteer or do I vote third party because they more closely align with what I believe in? 
I don't know. I really don't. I've read countless articles on this subject, and I understand the arguments both ways. Like, and and just saying vote for conscience isn't enough because my conscience also is not happy with the prospect of a Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders presidency. Or Donald Trump presidency, for that matter. So, I just don't know what to do. In a perfect world, Rand's candidacy, Rand Paul's candidacy, will take off in a couple of states, and he'll be the next nominee. And I am cautiously optimistic that he can be the nominee. He's got a solid campaign behind him. There are definitely some changes I think need to be made, but but I I have been wrestling with this, and I will continue to wrestle with this until the Arizona primary, and then uh, all the way through till election day in November. Do I abstain? Do I vote third party? Do I vote? first second party <laughs> that's funny we we say third party for all small parties but which one's the first party and which one's the second party between the democrats and the republicans are we going chronological order number of members anyway bunny trail over um i i don't know what to do let me know what to do send me a tweet at be green az my Twitter account is on private right now, but I was getting a lot of spam bots and I got tired of it and I have some other reasons for keeping it private right now. But hey, if you want to follow me, just do a request and I'll take a look at your profile and see that you're a legit person. If you tweet at me, hey, I'm following you because of second look and then do the follow request, I'll approve you. So... Let me know what you think about this issue. My handle is at BGreenAZ, and I'm just going to guess, based on the people I already know listen to this podcast, that most of you listening are probably in favor of the lesser of two evils thing. If that's the case, I want you to do one thing for me. (laughs) Pause. Consider... Take a second look at the idea of voting in a third party and come up with at least one other reason than to keep the Democrats from winning. I feel like that was articulated poorly, so let me say this again. If you are a person who believes that we should always vote for the lesser of two evils to keep the bigger evil out... I want you to let me know one reason other than just to keep the bigger evil out. One other reason why it's good to vote for the lesser of two evils. And if you are a vote for your conscience person, then I want you to give me one reason other than, well, the lesser of two evils is still evil. I want to know what you have to say on this issue. Ultimately, right now, I'm feeling very down in the dumps about Iowa because, like I said, I was really bummed with Rand Paul's performance. 
But I think in a day or two, I will feel better about it. I think that um, the Trump campaign was dealt a major blow tonight, if only that it might get him out of the media for a day. And anytime he goes out of the media, even just for a day, it hurts him. We'll have a day talking about Ted Cruz holding on to his lead and winning Iowa and Marco Rubio surging, even though the polls didn't show it. So I think ultimately the results will be a good thing. I think that's about all I have for today. I know it's a little shorter episode than normal, but um, just some Iowa talk for you. If if there's one thing I want you to do when you're done listening to this episode, it's to consider your own position on the vote for conscience, vote for practical reasons, and and really make sure you understand why you're doing what you're doing. In case you haven't caught on to that yet, I'm really big on making sure I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I hope to inspire you to do the same. Thanks so much for tuning in to this Iowa Talk episode of Second Look. Uh, like I said, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. My handle is at BGreenAZ, uh, and my account is on private right now, but if you tweet me and say, hey, I'm from Second Look, <laughs> I'll, I'll approve you. Also, make sure to give my awesome editor, Stephen Perkins, a follow, at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins. And you can find this podcast in iTunes, where I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And then you can find all the other Outset podcasts. Um, They are in iTunes or at OutsetMagazine.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and rate it with five stars. And... Come back next week, where hopefully I'll be here with a new episode for you. Have a great week. If you're a Cruz supporter, enjoy your success. And if you're a Trump supporter, enjoy your defeat, I guess. (laughs) Good night.